says, I will sing of the goodness of God. And I can't help but read a couple of more of those verses from Psalm 145. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue, and I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. The Lord is good to everyone. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. The song says, all my life you've been faithful. I can't hardly sing that without getting emotional. Because he's faithful when I haven't been. He's faithful when I get distracted. He's faithful when I turn to other things. All my life, you've been so, so good. When I didn't deserve it. When I didn't recognize it. And when I didn't acknowledge it. God is good. Maybe it's been a while since you took time to thank him for that this morning. Or or maybe you did it this morning. But I want to continue our worship service For just a moment, I want to ask you to just be seated where you're at and just think about God's goodness and how he's been so good to you when you didn't deserve it, when you didn't acknowledge it. Let's take a moment and just pray right there where you're at and thank God for his goodness. for your incredible goodness. Lord, when we didn't deserve it, when we may have been running away, when we certainly didn't acknowledge it, you've been so, so good. Lord, I pray that that would cause me to respond in such a way that I could not help but tell people how good my God is. And I pray the same for everyone in this room, Lord, that we would respond accordingly to your goodness to your mercy, to your love. Lord, I pray that you would use our time together this morning to encourage us, to excite us, and to move us into action for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. My name is Nick. I'm one of the pastors here at Holland Chapel. And uh, I am, uh, I'm so glad to be here this morning with you. I don't know about you, but at this point in the summer, I start to crave a little bit more routine. Some of the parents may can relate. Some of you, summer is just like any other month, and it doesn't really matter. But uh, in my world, about this time of the summer, I start to, to get ready for a routine to settle in because I feel like we're going different places all the time, and kids are staying up later than normal, and I'm just ready to settle in. Well, summer is winding down, 
and fall is coming, and this morning is going to look a little bit different uh, from the stage. We're going to, to give a little bit of a, a report about what God is doing and how God is using you guys and how God is using uh, us individually and collectively as a church for His honor and His glory. We're also going to look ahead a little bit at the fall. Um, it, it's, it's going to be a good time uh, this morning as we celebrate. I had a pastor in college, and it's just one of those phrases that stuck with me. You've heard this phrase before, and I've used it before. You've probably heard other pastors use this phrase before. But uh, Pastor Verlin Wood, he used to stand up, and he would say, God is good. And then you guys would say, all the time. And then I would say, all the time. And then you guys would say, God is good. And I just, I, I just go back to that regularly in my life to remind myself how good God is. That's true for us on an individual level. It's true for us as families. It is true for us as his church. And this morning, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, for many of us in the room, God's goodness begins with our salvation. At some point in your life, you realize that uh, you were lost, that you were hopeless, that you were stuck in your sin. And you realize that God was running after you, that God loved you. And that's where you first saw the goodness of God in your life. Maybe it was last month for someone in the room. Maybe you had ran and ran and ran and you finally realized that God was chasing after you and how much God loved you. Maybe it was last year. Maybe it was 10 years ago. Maybe it was like me at the age of nine when I was faced with death really for the first time with some loss of some family members. And I began to wonder what eternity looked like. And it was there that I put all of the truths of God's word that I had learned in, in VBS and in Sunday school and, and from my mom and my dad. And I, and I realized that I was a sinner that needed a Savior. And that's where God's goodness really, really hit me. I realized that God loved me no matter what. That God wanted a relationship with me. And that he offered eternal life. So maybe this morning as you sit in your seat and you reflect on God's goodness, it starts right there. It starts remembering the moment that God saved you. And then you can reflect back of all the things that God did to put you to that spot. He gave you godly parents or godly grandparents or, or uh, he, he led you to that moment. And then you think back about how God has provided for you. God is good to us individually. Sometimes through HC groups or connect cards, we get to hear about God's goodness and we get to celebrate that together. We get to hear about a new job. We get to hear about restored relationships. We get to hear about families that are thriving, that once were in trouble, but now they're thriving. Families that are growing. I was visiting a, a couple last week. The A-Bears, they've got a beautiful two-week-old uh, baby boy. The, the Abbeys, John, Mark, and Jamie, they're getting ready to welcome a new baby in a couple of weeks. Now, that's not theirs. That one's coming. Uh, that one, you can put it back up there. We're there now. That's Mallory's, Mallory and Cole, that's Emmett, uh, our children's director, she and Cole, they welcomed Emmett into the world, I guess, a, a couple of months ago, and, and Mallory's been on maternity leave, and she returns this week at Family Farm, and I just wanted to take a moment thinking about how God's been so good to us as a church and provided for us, and many of you have stepped up extra in her absence, many of uh, the people that are over there serving right now are probably filling in for where Mallory might have normally been, but God has been good to us, and uh, I just want to say 
thank you to all of you who have done extra in Mallory's absence, and we're looking forward to welcoming her back because she does a wonderful job with HC Kids, and that's, that's Emmett. Uh, I wanted you to meet Emmett this morning. God's been good to Holland Chapel. Every Monday morning, we begin our meeting, our staff meeting with, uh, what can we celebrate? What, God, what is God doing that we can celebrate? How can we celebrate God's goodness that he's showing in our church? I'm going to mention a few of those good things today, but first I want to share with you about, it's about 10 years ago, and I was actually on vacation with my family at a water park, and I got a call from Pastor Jason Talent, and he said, hey Nick, we've got this guy that uh, he was he was driving by the church, and he, he, he saw our church sign, and he called up randomly wondering if we needed a worship pastor, and we did need a worship pastor. Uh, desperately, we had people filling in for several months, and uh, we were looking here and there and everywhere for a worship pastor. And uh, he, Jason said, this guy, he, he's, he's incredible. Uh, his mama knew him, and, and he had a great reputation. And it happened to be this guy on the screen here. I looked up the date of that. I don't know where Keaton went, but I looked up the date of that. That was actually like two months after you got here. That was, that was fresh, Keaton Harper. Uh, and uh, Keaton has been here 10 years this week. Would you like to thank Keaton? <laughs> Keaton, come on up here. We got a gift for you. It's not uh, enough to purchase a new guitar, but it may shine your boots. Uh, so... Thank you so much for 10 years. And when you hear us talk about our friendships in the office, it's not a joke. We, I love that guy like a brother. And uh, we have a, a, just a wonderful group of guys that we, we are all best friends. And it's not, a, it's not a show. We really do consider each other best friends. And so I'm so thankful to have Keaton. Good grief, Nick. Pull it together. Okay. Last week, I was on a middle school mission trip, which we're going to talk about in just a minute with our students. And we I like to show them a little behind-the-scenes um, mission uh, info and show them what it looks like to plant a church. And so we were in Pastor Aaron Johnson's house with about 30 middle schoolers, and, and we're sitting around. And, and he had another uh, family from their church that had helped them begin Story Church. His name is Phil Kamoa. Uh, Phil had traveled from Ohio to help uh, be on the Story Church plant team. And so we're Q&A, we're asking Aaron and we're asking Phil questions about church planning and what that looks like. And Phil shares this. He, he brings out this book and it's a notebook. And what Phil does is he opens this notebook and he tells our students that he had recorded everything that God had done to enable them to be able to move to Bentonville, to enable them to be a part of this church plant team. And he's got line after line of answered prayer in there. And we talked to our students about recognizing the goodness of God and recounting the goodness of God in your life. And I know that you talked about that last week with Pastor Todd and Katie Clifton came up and encouraged you guys to recount the goodness of God. And Phil wrote down every time God intervened in their lives to make this move possible, to make him allow him to be a part of this team. It reminded me of Joshua chapter 4. And Joshua chapter 4, the Israelites across the Jordan River and God tells them to take 12 stones from the middle and set up a memorial. And here's what Joshua chapter 4 says. It says in verse 21, Then Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future your children will ask, What do these stones mean? 
And you can tell them this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Phil, with that book, is setting up a memorial for his kids. Someday they're going to say, hey, what does all this stuff mean, Dad? And he's going to say, this is, how, this is when God showed himself and allowed us to be a part of this team in Bentonville and see the launch of Story Church. Talk about God's goodness in your family. Don't just wait here on Sunday morning to thank him for it. It should be everyday language. We should talk about how good God is to our kids. Todd and Katie last week talked about recounting God's faithfulness. We need to remind each other. We need to remind our family. We need to remind ourselves, right, about how good God is. And when we do, it should cause us to respond. It should cause us to take action. Acts chapter 4, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, is where Peter and John, they're in trouble. And see, they've, uh, they, a man has been healed in the name of Jesus, and, and they're wanting to shut this movement down. And, uh, and Peter and John are standing before the court, the men who are saying, you can't do that. You can't talk about Jesus around here. You've got to leave town. And Peter and John responded with this in verse 20. We cannot stop telling about everything we've seen and heard. They couldn't stop it. They were recounting God's goodness. They had seen God's goodness. And they said, we can't stop telling. And that's the way we ought to be in our lives. And here at Holland Chapel, we call that helping people find and follow Jesus. That's our response. Because of what God has done for us, that's our response is to help people find and follow Jesus. And just like God is good to us on an individual level and, and as families and as collectively as a church, we respond individually and collectively. Many of you are responding individually throughout your week. We love to rejoice and celebrate that. And then together we come and collectively we respond with our mission. You do your job well. You represent Christ. You're responding to God's goodness. You respond to adversity differently than the people around you. You share your faith. You begin a Bible study, which is what several students have done this summer. It's what Mike Culp has done most recently. Begin a Bible study. You're responding to God's goodness. You begin meeting with other moms, Samantha Jacobs, and put together a, a mom and me mingle because you want to respond to God's goodness, and you want to share that. God uses you to speak at a church camp, Brad Duncan. These are things that happen as a result of our response. See, we respond to God's goodness in our life, and we respond on mission, and the world takes notice. You get opportunities to further the gospel. Comfort a family by speaking at a funeral. Did you know that, um, I tease her about this, she didn't, she didn't preach at the funeral, but my wife, she's not in here this morning, she'll be here later. But she got to speak at a funeral because of how she cared for a family at her job as a nurse. And they asked her to speak at this funeral because of her response. You get asked to lead a Bible study at your job, Michael Langley. That's what happens when we respond to God's goodness by living differently and looking differently. The world takes notice and then God uses that to further his kingdom. Together we respond to God's goodness on mission. Every role here this morning. Everybody who's putting in time, volunteering, serving, Amplify that's coming up. Together, collectively, we're going to be on mission. Many of you have served and opened up your homes for students this summer. Uh, at Pool Tour, we had, I usually say, 
Uh, we usually have between 30 and or 25 and 35 at each pool. We split up into a couple different pools. And, and I'm not lying when I say that. It's just that you cannot predict how many students are going to be there each week. And uh, we had a, a couple a couple weeks ago, and uh, I told them 25 to 35. 57 showed up at their pool. <laughs> but you know what? They said, sign us up for two more weeks. We want another week. People are opening up their homes and responding to God's goodness and God's faithfulness in their lives by sharing those resources. Mission trips, many of you helped make those possible as a response to God's goodness in your life. You said, here, let me make a donation so students can go and share the gospel. I want to share with you just a couple of stories about our mission trips this summer. We had a couple of great ones. Uh, we went to St. Louis with our senior high, took about 40 uh, to St. Louis. You're going to be seeing some pictures on the screen. Those are some pictures of some of the kids that we met on our trip. We were serving mostly in local parks. And when they told us that one of the parks we were going to be serving at was Benton Park, we thought, well, hey, that's, you know, we, we better go to that one, right? Uh, so we're serving with the, in those local parks and getting students out of their comfort zone and letting them know that, it, it, that a smile and play with these children and show these kids some love and attention while maybe some other students or adults can be talking to their parents because when 40 students travel together somewhere, people ask these questions like, what are y'all doing here? Why are you in St. Louis if you live in Benton in the middle of the summer? Shouldn't you be doing something else? So inevitably, you get to explain why you're there. You're sharing the gospel. You are going to tell people about Jesus. And about five minutes into our time at the park, the first day, I met two men. One is named Ethan. And Ethan told me that he and his wife had begun going to church because of something very similar to what we were doing, students were going around passing, door, putting door flyers in their neighborhood. And they began going to church because of a door flyer that a student camp had put on their door. And in the last 10 years, had both become, uh, both gotten saved, baptized, and he's now a deacon at his church in St. Louis. I met him five minutes after we got there. I actually texted him this morning. We've been texting back and forth. And then, on the other side of the playground, within five minutes of that one, met a man named Arion. And Arion had a little boy with him that became our students' favorites. Arion's in several of those pictures. And, and, uh, and I got to talk to Arion, and he very quickly made it known that he was not a believer. Um, he then brought Arion back three days in a row to the parks where we were going. We were traveling to different parks, and Arion and KJ would show up at the parks. We had a couple extra tickets to the ball game, so we took them to the St. Louis Cardinals game on Thursday night. And I'm sitting there with Arion at the game. And he says, hey, do, do, does your church take donations? This is a non-believer. I said, oh, man, you don't have to do anything. But he said, y'all have been so nice. He said, I'm, I, I'm coming. I'm com he wants to come from St. Louis to Benton to go to church with us. And I'm going to get to send him the link to this, uh, to this worship gathering later on today. I've been texting him as well, checking in, making sure he's doing okay. Uh, everybody, all of his family members are in prison. He, he, he's, he says he's the only friend or family member his age, a young man that's not in prison. But he's drawn to the gospel because of some smiles, because some people wanted to take time with this little boy. That's what we wanted to do. We, I told the students, I said, we're not, do, we're, not, we're not physically seeing a building go up here. We're not, uh, we're not painting something and you see a finished product. What we want to do is that these parks in the middle of this downtown city with 
with apartments all around them. We want to shine a little bit of the light of Jesus on that park. We want people to, to say, man, there's something different about that crew. We want those children to know that there's a God that loves them. And so while we don't see a finished product, we know without a doubt that we left the light of Jesus in those parks in downtown St. Louis. And what our students realized is that they learned that we did the same thing there that they can do here. It's just that when you're on a mission trip, your eyes are wider open. You're more aware. You're more alert. And you see the people, and you have a goal. I'm going to go talk to that person. I'm going to go talk to this person. We pass all those people every day here in Benton, people that need to see a smile, people that need to hear about Jesus, people need to, to hear about the goodness of God. And so what the students realized is that we need to walk around more alert and more aware and more on mission even right here. Then we were able to go to Bentonville uh, last week, had a wonderful time with our middle schoolers. I absolutely love the middle school mission trip. Because with a middle school mission trip, what you do is you can teach them to serve on a middle school level. Uh, nobody's uh, building a roof or anything. Uh, but teach them to serve on a middle school level. Show them a little bit of responsibility so that I know that we can trust them when we go to a bigger city in a few years with them. And teach them about mission work. And we've uh, gone to several different mission sites in Arkansas. And this particular one was about church planning. And they got to see what it looked like to plant a church, to set up church every Sunday morning, to, to go around and meet people that want to be on your launch team, to, to all the struggles that come along with uh, where, do we, where do we meet, all those things. And our students, about 30 students, got to enjoy that. Story Church is doing awesome this morning. They're hosting a, a teen camp this week uh, from students all over America, really, have come there, about 150, I believe, and Story Church is hosting that as a mission camp this week. Saw a picture with Donald and Becky Fulcher there yesterday. So some of our church members are popping in up there at Bentonville. I would encourage you to go there. I would encourage you to, to check in on Story Church. We had a wonderful time with our students there. But here at Holland Chapel, we could not be more excited about the fall and what's coming. And what has come in these last couple of months is the return of some of these ministries that have helped Holland Chapel carry out this mission for years and years and years that had put a pause on the last year and a half. Uh, ministries like Senior Life and Basketball. Now, not Senior Life Basketball. That would be a whole other ministry. <laughs> Sometimes on Monday morning, I feel like a senior that has played basketball. But things like Senior Life events... Things like our basketball ministry that's been going on here at Holland Chapel for over 20 years is back now. So we can share the gospel with a whole new group of people. In the next few weeks up here, you're going to hear from each of our pastors about topics or, pas uh, um, topics or passages that they're passionate about. And then in September, we're going to kick off a new series on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And so we're excited about launching that on September the 12th. But for the next few weeks, you're going to get to hear from each pastor about several passages that they are very passionate about. But also in September, that's launching in September, there are some discipleship opportunities. And I want to ask Todd to come up and share a little bit about these discipleship opportunities. All right, all right. Uh, so uh, what we're going to be sharing now is... Uh, related to how we connect with one another in groups here at Holland Chapel. And you can see on the slide there will be uh, three parts to this. And what we're really doing is we are reorganizing and we're taking it up a notch 
in ways that we believe will help us connect better with one another and grow spiritually to the glory of God. And so you'll see that there's the HC Group's umbrella up there, three sessions, and then a disciple's path. And we want to talk through each one of those individually right now. We think we can simplify it. And so if you can go to the next slide that has HD groups. And so HD groups is a term that we've used here for the last several years, talking about our small groups that usually meet in homes on Sunday evenings for sermon, follow-up discussion, uh, highly relational. And so what we're doing with that term is we're taking it up a notch and we're putting all of our groups or classes, ways that we connect with one another under the HC Group's umbrella. Now, under the HC Group's umbrella, you, you, you'll have four different types of groups. And they're all equal. They're all great ways to connect. Some folks may find themselves connecting in a couple of different types of groups, and, and that's great, uh, but you don't have to. We, we just want everyone connecting somewhere uh, so that they can know a few other folks, so they can be known by a few other folks, so they can be in, encouraged and challenged to continue following Christ. So let's walk through those four different types. You've got life groups, and, and that's, that's what we're calling those traditional uh, small groups that meet in homes on Sunday evenings or some, some groups gather for lunch Sunday afternoon. Uh, sermon, follow-up discussion usually is, is, is the content there. They pray with one another. They serve together. Highly relational. And so those will continue. And then we've got our growth groups. And our growth groups consist of the Sunday morning Bible classes that have been off for the last year because of COVID, but we're looking to relaunch in the fall. So, so growth groups are the Sunday morning Bible classes, the Wednesday night uh, classes, the, the, the Friday morning at 6 a.m. men's Bible studies. That, that would be a part of the growth groups as well. And then you've got connect groups. Connect groups are groups that... That, 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 that relate together around an activity. So our basketball uh, ministry on Sunday evenings, connect group. Uh, women's hiking group, connect group. Mom's play group, right there as well. And then our recovery groups, which is everything celebrate recovery. Uh, open share groups, step studies, and more. And uh, if celebrate recovery is not helping people find and follow Jesus, then pineapples are not tropical deliciousness. And we all know uh, what's the truth there. So those are our HC groups. Uh, that's the, the umbrella and all the different ways that we can connect. Now you can move to the next slide, and we see that we've got three sessions for these. Now, uh, our, our, our small groups, our life groups for the last few years have used a fall semester and spring semester, so this really isn't anything new. It's just a reorganization to simplify and help us do this well. And so we've got a fall semester, spring semester, and summer semester. It does a, a few things. One is it puts us some breaks in there, some needed breaks so that we don't get burnt out, some needed breaks so that we have a chance to check out another group as well. Uh, the summertime doesn't have as much going on, but there are still ways to connect in the summer. There are still groups that are meeting. Uh, it gives us start and end dates for all of our studies, so we know when we're starting, we know when we're ending. We're not signing up for life if we're joining a, joining a group or, or going to a Sunday morning growth group. We're not saying, I'm committed for life. If we're leading one, we're not saying, okay, lock me in you know, for eternity. Uh, so we've got start and end dates. Also, 
three times a year, we've got an easy on-ramp to help people get plugged in and connect. Because all the time here at Holland Chapel, we've got individuals and families who are leaning in, building relationships. And we want to make it easy uh, for everyone to get plugged in. And so three times a year, we'll be able to do that. But before each session, we'll be able to put out a catalog of what groups are meeting. And so, for instance, next month in August, leading up to the September fall uh, session, uh, we'll be able to put out a catalog that will have uh, all of the HC groups fall session. And so it'll have life groups, uh, time, location, description. Say there's 13 different life groups. Then it'll have growth groups, time, location, uh, description. Maybe it's a a Sunday morning, 9 a.m., study through the book of Hebrews. Uh, Maybe it's a a Wednesday night, uh, 6.30, reboot, uh, Christ-centered healing for military trauma. And so it'll have a time, location, description for the connect groups, the recovery groups as well. Easy way for us to help people get plugged in. And then the third slide here is another phrase uh, that we've used here at Holland Chapel for the last few years, Disciples Path. And that was for a course uh, curriculum called Rooted uh, that we would go through. And so what we're doing here is we're really just taking Disciples Path up a notch uh, so that it's actually a path. And the Disciples Path, what that will do, it will provide us a, a spiritual growth plan So all the studies that we offer, like on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, all those studies will fall under one of the categories here on the path. And so we're saying there's nine courses here that as people are thinking about growing spiritually and doing different studies, there's nine courses that that we would encourage them to participate in. An evangelism or apologetics course where you can really understand the faith and how to share the faith. Uh, Bible survey and Bible interpretation courses so that we we get a big picture of what the Bible's saying and how we can read and understand and apply it. Uh, Bible electives, uh, like we often offer, a study through the Gospel of John, a study through Hebrews, etc., Uh, Christian living courses like uh, the art of marriage, how to have a healthy marriage, uh, financial peace university, and things like that. And so what the Disciples Path will do is it will give us a plan for, for, okay, I I took a a Bible uh, study last fall. In the spring, I I may want to take a spiritual formation. I may want to plug into a spiritual formation group and continue growing that way. Uh, It also... uh, will, excuse me, after folks uh, are able to make it through the disciples' path, they can obviously continue jumping into whatever group you want, but also we'd say, hey, uh, why don't you go back through some of these these groups and these classes again, but, but do it with a friend or a family member this time. Or maybe you ought to consider uh, doing some leader training and leading uh, one of these groups in the future. And so that is how we are reorganizing and taking up a notch how we can connect through groups here at Holland Chapel. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Todd. I've heard from several people that are ready to get back into a class setting, to get back into one of those growth groups. And so I'm excited for it to come back beginning September the 12th with a plan like Disciples Path. I think you're going to all enjoy that, and I would encourage you to get in on that. Uh, We're also going to have a membership class, another baptism uh, day coming up in September as well. HC Kids on Wednesday nights will kick off HCSM, which has been going through pool tour in the summer, but on Wednesday nights in the the school year, 
If you've never been in here, we meet in this worship room on Wednesday nights, and I want to encourage you to come in and just sit on a, on a HCSM night because we have a great, great group of students that love Jesus, and it's a fun night as well. Those will be rocking along beginning in September. Now, you might be sitting in here and you're like, Nick, what is going on? My head is spinning. Why the overload of information? Why the repeat of the mission statement over and over again? We've heard helping people find and follow Jesus. We know it. Why are you filling our heads with all this info? One word, unity, unity. We want to all be on the same page. Scripture tells us, Peter says in 1 Peter 3, 8, finally, all of you should be of one mind. And then Paul puts it this way in Ephesians, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with perfect peace. Celebrating God's goodness and being on mission helps us stay unified, helps us to be going in the same direction, helps us to encourage one another. And another way that we can build that unity uh, is to ensure fellowship is taking place. So a couple more announcements here that we want to share with you before we, get, before we uh, dismiss. But uh, we want to ensure that fellowship is taking place. This building that we're, that we're sitting in right now was built in the 70s. And I don't know if you've thought about it much, but every older church building that I've ever seen has a really small foyer or lobby. And this one is no different, right? You, you walk in the foyer, boom, you're through the foyer. There's not a lot of fellowship space and, and lobbies and foyers. I guess small ones were the norm back uh, in the 70s and 60s and and so that's what we're dealing with here. It's very little room for fellowship, especially during hot and cold months. Nobody's probably going to be mingling around much uh, after today because they're going to get in that air-conditioned car. And so uh, it's been something that we've dealt with for years, bad weather. Uh, there's not a lot of place for fellowship. If you arrive late, uh, you can't really see where you're going to be sitting until, boom, you're in the worship room, which is really uncomfortable for guests and, and sometimes for some of us who have been here for years and can't find our families. And uh, so we wanted to fix this problem for, for a long time. And just recently we've been meeting, we being the pastors, been meeting with the, the building and grounds team and uh, just uh, met uh, over email with the budget and finance team. And I think that we've got a solution that is uh, well within our, our budget for this year. And I want to show you this picture. Uh, this is, I'm not going to do a lot of description here, but basically there's going to be a wall built uh, at the edge of the balcony down, so like the back row, um, is going to be walled off there, and it's going to have windows and doors with windows there, so that basically under the balcony becomes an extension of our foyer, of our lobby. So you can fellowship back there without getting rained on or without it being 110 degrees. And uh, we're really, really excited about this opportunity to be able to, to mingle back there a little bit and to have uh, a time, a place where we can fellowship and hang out and so that's something that you can look forward to being done in September as well it's going to be uh, maybe the back row we'll probably move these chairs up so if you're sitting on the back row right now you would actually be in the lobby so the back back row is probably going to be walled off right there but all the chairs will shift up we still have plenty of room in here and then the good thing is if somebody wants to if we do need overflow there's plenty of windows in that wall and they'll be able to look in so we're excited about that it's something, like I said, we've been tossing around ideas for a long time of how to, to fix that. And then one last announcement that we are certain is going to provide more fellowship hold, and hold unity. On. Hold What's on. What? Hold on. Outside. 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 Oh, oh, yes. Outside. That, that's why I'm yes. up here. I cannot. That's why I'm up here. Just come on. That's why he stayed, so I wouldn't you forget. You forgot right? it. 
I, I, this is the first time I've seen Sam McAdoo in a suit all week because he's been out here working tirelessly on our garden area out here. We're going to have uh, some new sod put in this week uh, uh, and, and really a, a, a good spot out there in the courtyard. I don't know if you've walked by that courtyard lately, but it looks like... Uh, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just it's it's dead. <laughs> it looks barren. It's dead. It's barren. <laughs> looks like the desert out there. So we're getting some new uh, grass put in and some nice features out there to also be a good hangout spot for when the weather is nice. So, and the, before you move on to that last thing that you were that you were jumping to, uh, so I pastored in Cleveland for several years, and and our church actually met in a school building, and. Uh, before the worship gathering would begin, folks would be out in the hallway uh, just talking, 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 talking. We, we would have to drag them in uh, to, to the auditorium there because they were enjoying uh, conversation with one another so much. After the, the services were over, the same thing uh, in the hallway, uh, outside on the sidewalk, and then eventually, you know, at, at a certain time, I would just have to tell everybody, get out. You got to get out. We got to close these doors. Uh, but the number one feedback we would get from guests uh, across the years, the number one feedback we would get from guests uh, was the church was so welcoming. People were so friendly. People talked to me. People learned my name. That was the feedback all the time whenever guests were coming in. And so creating some spaces like this and encouraging that will only help and increase the good fellowship that has already taken place, the conversations uh, before and after, which is so much a part of us encouraging and spurring one another on whenever we meet together, as Hebrews 10 talks about. Thank you, Todd. And one more thing. <laughs> I asked him to stay for that reason because I knew I would skip over something. So, uh, but for real, one last uh, announcement that we think is going to really help promote that fellowship and unity. 45 minutes between the end of this worship gathering and the beginning of the next worship gathering is a long time. It's a, it's a long time if you're waiting to fill a gap in, in HC Kids ministry. It's a long time if you're uh, a volunteer waiting to start that second worship gathering. It's a long time if you're waiting on a, one of these growth classes to begin at 1045. Uh, typically what happens is you guys, many of you will go home before the uh, second wave of folks comes in for the worship gathering and you say, like my wife says sometimes, hey, I haven't seen so-and-so in a while. And I say, well, they're always in the first worship gathering or they're always in the second worship gathering. Well, you don't cross paths very often. And so beginning September the 12th, Holland Chapel is going to have two worship gatherings, one at 9 and one at 10.30. So our 10.45 people are going to ask to get here 15 minutes early, and I think you're going to see that you guys will be crossing paths a lot more. Our, our volunteers won't be as strained waiting on that 45 minutes, and, uh, and, then, uh, and, and I think the energy is going to be higher in, this, in the second worship gathering as they've not had time to get sleepy in between, and so we're, we're really excited about this. I think it's going to help that unity, that fellowship time, especially with our new uh, areas back there to utilize, and so beginning September 12th, Start spreading the word, 9 and 10.30. Now, that's a lot of reports. That's a lot of announcements. It all comes down to this. We want to do our very best as individuals, as families, and as a church to help people find and follow Jesus. We want to do our best. And I know that you want to do your best in your home. I know you want to do your best in your work site. 
And we want to do the best collectively to help people find and follow Jesus. Why is that important? Because of all those prayers of thanks that went up when I first came up on the stage. Because of how good God is. Because all my life, he's been faithful. All my life, he's been so, so good. And the least I could do is respond accordingly and help people. Be like Peter and John and say, I can't help but tell people about how good God is. So how might you need to respond to that truth today? If you're in this room and you're thinking about how blessed you are financially and you're thinking about how good you've got it at your workplace or uh, that boat that you're fixing to take out and go fishing in, but your thankfulness does not begin with salvation, I want to tell you today, God loves you. And it doesn't matter what all toys you have. It doesn't matter how big your family is. The bottom line is this. If you have never asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins because of his death on the cross and his resurrection and the, and the hope and the life that he offers you, all that other stuff doesn't matter. So this morning, I beg you, let that goodness of God in your, in your life and in your mind begin with the moment of salvation. There's other ways to respond here this morning. You can do that in person. We would love to talk with you through that. If that's the first time you've ever heard that or you don't even know how to begin to enter into a relationship with Jesus, we would love to meet with you in person about that. Just see us in the Connect Corner. I'll be down here also. I would love to talk with you too. Uh, you can also respond by that, filling out that Connect card. We want to know how we can serve you and your family. We want to, uh, to, to see the celebrate with you the goodness of God. If you share some praises on there and just know that if you put a prayer request on there, we are going to be praying for you this week. Take action. All these things, all these classes, all these uh, ministries, they're going to require volunteers in September. So guess what August is coming? August, we're going to be asking for help. So go ahead and be talking at the lunch table this afternoon how you can get involved. Be talking about your commitment to that disciple's path. Talk about as a family how that works for you. Yeah, we're going, to take, we're going to look for one of these classes in the fall or one of those classes in the spring. And again, that schedule's going to be coming out either next week or the next week. Maybe to this morning you just need to commit to promote unity and fellowship. Maybe you need to join the welcome team. Maybe you want to give someone a welcoming smile that you received when you first came here to Holland Chapel. Be on that welcome team. But take action. Don't let this just be a report and, a, and an announcement and some updates and not let it affect the way that you go through your day, your week, and the months ahead. Take action because of the incredible goodness of our God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again. Thank you is not enough, but thank you again. Thank you for these people that you surrounded me with this morning. Their faces, as I look out, share so many memories and, and so much celebration and encouragement that you've given me and that I've been able to, joy, uh, to enjoy with them. Lord, I pray that you would just, in an abnormal way, in, a, in an unnatural way, Lord, cause us to respond. Cause us to respond with the boldness of Peter and John that says, no matter where I go this week, no matter where I find myself, I'm going to speak of the goodness of God. And Lord, I pray that there's one in this room today that does not know you as their Savior. 
They might think of you as good, but they don't know you as Savior. I pray that they would make that commitment this morning. Thank you for Holland Chapel. Thank you for what you're doing here in this community. But most importantly, thank you for your love that you showed us through your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that I pray. Amen.